What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. From Red Rock Studio in Los Angeles, California, this is The Shiznit Show, with your hosts, Kenda McGee, Damon the Weasel Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dino Red. Now put your hands together for The Shiznit Show. Welcome back to another episode of The Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. Well, there is no Kenda, at least for right now. She may or may not join us uh, later on. And there is no Weasel today. So it is just Dino Red and Charlie Bell. How you doing, Holding Charlie it Bell? down for the people. Holding it down. Holding <laughs> it down. We, you know, we didn't give you a show last week, so we're like, we're going to press on. And we missed the show like the week before that. And so I was like, okay, we've been missing too many shows. <laughs> we got to have a show today, even if it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God it's not just me. Charlie Bell is here. Just for the record, I would listen to that show. As well. <laughs> Just so you know, if you ever have to, the one-man Dino Red show could still be bombed. Thank you. Thank you. I'd probably drag Don Don down here. <laughs> no, I would rather hear you get in an argument with yourself. I think that show would be super entertaining. Fool needs <laughs> uh, <phonies> medicine. <laughs> Okay, well, um, Charlie Bell, before we get into the heavy topics of this week and the week past, I, I, I'm going to ask, you know, what's been up, but I know what's been up. But other than that, because yes. that's what this show is going to be about. So of other course. than that, of course, what, what, what else is going on with you? You know, so yesterday we actually had um, a really lovely afternoon in Griffith Park uh, for the Solnick event. It's the soul, the soul, Solnik, Solnik, like, like a soulful picnic, Solnik. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I never heard of that. That's is that a thing, or is that like new, or has that been around for it's a while? It's been or? going on for the. I want to say it's been maybe three or four years. It's been happening, so it's relatively new, okay. but not you know, oh, not so brand new. Who, who's behind that? The Extra Mild Sauce Crew. Extra Mild Sauce Crew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, it makes yeah. me hungry just saying it. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. It, I mean, basically, it's exactly what it sounded like like a big, soulful picnic in yeah. Griffith Park. I mean, it was very family oriented. People were out there with their kids and coolers and picnic blankets, and um, there's DJs and mm-hmm. um, dancing, and it's just, it's a it was a really positive, fun vibe, and I spoke to so many people, and the love vibe was super strong. People mm-hmm. were really like, ch- "Like, are you okay, sis? Like, how you doing?" Right. Like, it was a lot of just. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. At a much needed time. Exactly. That was my. That was what I was just getting ready to say. Is that so many of the people? First of all, it was like a big family reunion. I right. mean, I ran into so many people I knew from you know all the years that I've been in LA and. It was just awesome, and so many people said, "Man, this we really needed this. Like, this is so exactly what we needed at this moment." To- is it the same date every year, or around the same month, or? Yeah, it's anything? not the same date, but it is typically around. It's usually in July. It's okay. usually, I think, I I may be wrong that it had been in the Fourth of July weekend itself in the past, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason it was, like I was never able to go because I was always out of town when it was held. So this was the first year. That I was able to go, and it's not far from my home, so you know some folks came over and pre-gamed, and then we rode over there. Wow, sounds cool. Yeah. So next year, I think that um, I'm definitely going to make it a bigger deal since it's definitely part of my community where I live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you just everybody just kind of brings their own kind of potlucks, whatever, mm-hmm. and. Then, a lot of different little groups and everything. Yeah. They had a few. There's no fee or anything. It's free. It's free. They had a few little um, <clears throat> food trucks and stuff for people okay, that didn't. Say, are there any vendors? Yeah, there's a couple little vendors, but it really is primarily not a commercial space. It's really mm-hmm. like a communal space. Right. And, um, but, and also because it is free, I go on, look, I wish I had it. I probably should have uh, looked it up. Maybe I can find the link later for our um Facebook page, but um, definitely if you went, if you're thinking about going next year, go onto their uh, fundraiser page and contribute because it is free. It's a beautiful event. It was such a positive vibe. And shout out to the Extra Mild Sauce crew. Okay, and they, where would they find? Oh, you said you're going to put the link. Yeah, on I'm going to look for it and send okay. it to you. Okay, cool. Well, let's see. Um, what about you? I I actually went to a little reunion uh, Friday night. Um, that, oh yeah, what kind of reunion? The, the one that you were supposed to be at. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. <laughs> the one you kind of helped organize, or <laughs> Dude, don't even. I was so salty. You know what though? It was it, we had fun, but it was a horrible turnout. It was horrible. There was like thirteen people there. Max. Lucky thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly. The people that I saw that were in the picture, I feel fortunate that I still keep in touch with all of you and that most mostly everyone that was in the picture that I wanted to see from that old job that we used to work together. Right. Like, I still keep in touch with those folks. So and, you, you feel like you didn't miss anything? Well, no, I would have liked <laughs> to have seen you all at the same time, but... Um, yeah, I'll just be open about what, ha- what happened was I had a hair appointment at 2 p.m. and... Thinking, oh yeah, by for sure I'll be able to make it by seven. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so I know we have police brutality to deal with as a huge issue in the black community. But after we solve that, we have to deal with 
black hair stylist and their timing <laughs> issues. <laughs> That's the next most oppressive thing in our oh community. My God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next on the list. <laughs> After we solve police brutality, mm-hmm. we're gonna come back to that. Man, um, yeah. So it it was it was cool, but I was very disappointed though because some of my main people or some of my favorite people or the people I wanted to see most were not there. Right. As a matter of fact, only one person who was there was like that was somebody I really kind of care, you know, was mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing. Right. And had she not been there, I probably would not have stayed uh, very long. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but uh, yeah, like so like Charlie Bill said, it was a, we're a place we used to work uh, 15 years ago. And um, a bunch of us had a kind of an impromptu. Well, it wasn't impromptu. It was planned out like over like a, about a month, about mm-hmm. a month out. Mm-hmm. A little reunion. It wasn't anything fancy we just all met at this local bar downtown in uh in the area where most of us still work and uh not far from where we worked at the time and uh just had some drinks and appetizers and and just you know reminisced about old times and caught up on where we are now and that kind of thing i tell you what though a couple things one thing was i had already started this anyway as you know charlie bill because you helped me with some of the materials but i had already resolved to kind of get put some focus back into my career because uh-huh. I kind of, you know, life things, you know, home, domestic things, mm-hmm. this podcast, you know, all this stuff was like, I was putting energy into that and not my career. Yeah. Um, and now I need to put some energy in my career because this, none of that, none of that other stuff pays me anything. Right. Including this. <laughs> right. So I'm with you. I need, I need some money. So I got to start focusing on my career and, if I hadn't already resolved to do that, I would have definitely resolved to after this because I feel like I'm so far behind everybody else. Yeah. I definitely know that feeling and can relate to it. Although, in a little bit of fairness to yourself and to the situation, one of the reasons you feel behind is because you actually promoted a lot faster than the rest of us did. Like you, you had two big promotions, but they took place... You know, a while ago when most of us were still stuck where we were. Yeah. So, I mean. And too, and I was so far behind you guys anyway. Because you guys were kind of like on management level, entry level management, whatever. And I was like, you know, entry level. And now I'm kind of like where you guys were back then. And so everybody else is promoted and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, maybe pay wise, but I think position wise, you're ahead of where we were. You're more of a, you're definitely higher up on the management scale than, I mean, we weren't. I don't know. It's it's, it's about about this. It's it's comparable, I think. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's one thing. Um, The other thing is, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, well, uh, since you didn't show up, Charlie Bell, um, I was probably you know the the best looking person there. I'll say this. I'll say this. Light skin matters. With, with, the, with the maybe one exception or two, you know, uh, I, I I definitely held up, you yeah. know, better and uh, you know, and Charlie Bell, you you too. Yeah, um, I think we're definitely aging. Yeah, we're we're aging much better than than most. Not to say that there aren't people who you know that they don't look good or whatever, you know, for. How, you know, it's been a long time. You know, that's part of yeah. it. It's like I haven't seen a lot. Most of those people in is probably, if not 
the it's been a good ten years right. plus since I've seen the majority the majority of those people. Yeah, you know, and some of them had only been like you know five to seven, and just that's a lot when you start getting you know when you get yeah. around our age, it makes sure. a difference. It sure does. <laughs> it's not like you know you're going from uh, twenty to twenty seven. It's not the same. <laughs> so it was like, oh wow, okay, right? Wow, okay. Oh, you look, you know, right? But. Uh, you know, yeah, but <laughs> hey, anyone listening? I have a really good doctor who does great Botox. <laughs> Hit me up if you need. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, um, so yeah, the, the night was the night was fun, but it was bittersweet because, like I said, I didn't get to see a lot of the people I was looking for. I was looking forward to, and a lot of them didn't have good excuses. They just was like. Just sucked. They just was like not feeling it. Like, oh, it was a long week. It's always a long week on Friday. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Every Friday, the end of it's always a long week. Come on. Like, how often? It's been like years. Like, you couldn't pull it, you couldn't tough it out for a couple of drinks. Come on, really? Like, so that kind of got me like, like, it didn't mean enough to a lot of the people, you know, like, well, let me just speak on that real quick. I mean, I was actually thinking about that. I mean, one of the reasons I think it didn't mean a lot to the, some of the people Mm -hmm. look, Again, let me say this clearly. I feel very blessed to have met a lot of extraordinary people through that 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 position. A lot of people who have remained my friends and or colleagues and or mentors throughout my career. So that mm-hmm. is great. However, it was a very toxic workplace environment. And I think a lot of the All people right. have traumatic, <laughs> no, I, stressful I, memories of that I understand. Job I, and, I have some too as well. Yeah. And a lot of the, and, the, and those of us who were there, we were saying um, the general sentiment was mm-hmm. while they were not good times for the most part, mm-hmm. um, you didn't enjoy the work. Mm-hmm. But most of the people there enjoyed working with most of the people there. Right. You know, and that's I thought that that would have been enough, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of people to pop, you know. But I, I get it because when there was a certain person who was supposed to show up mm-hmm. that it gave me pause. Right. I think all of us saw the list and then as it grew, it was like, oh. I <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why early on, did you see I put no management? I put that oh. early on. I said no <laughs> management, but, you know, they just, they just. You know, roll right past that. Yeah, I didn't like, even see that. But everyone yeah. was a manager at some level. Shoot. No, not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> most of the people that showed up yeah. or uh, well, maybe not most. Some of the people, but yeah. nah, not really. Well, anyway, um, but yeah, I think that the experience that we had at that workplace was kind of like old war buddies, you know. So yeah. in a way, it's like you, you bond over the challenges that you got through together, but you also it can be traumatic to revisit it, you know? Yeah. Triggering. <laughs> yeah. Plus a lot of the, a lot of the, the support staff didn't have the same experiences that you guys, you know, had. And they didn't, you know, a lot of them, they didn't have the same, uh, I think cause for pause. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they didn't show up. So I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. People, you know, Move on. Yes. So, okay. Well, that's it. Let's go ahead and... Let's do uh, some woosahs real quick. <laughs> get into these uh, these topics or this topic. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. 
So, okay, let's start at the beginning. July 5th, Alton Sterling was outside of a convenience store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, selling CDs as was customary. That right. was that was his thing. That was he his was the gig. CD that was man. that was his hustle. Yes, he was known as the the CD man and was uh seemed to be a, a liked and um Known Affe- part of the affectionately, affection- yeah, affectionate, affectionate mm-hmm. uh, member of the community. Mm-hmm. Even the store owner there uh, considered him a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that actually turns out to be germane to the story because what the store owner did later with the footage, <laughs> right? So um, what happens is uh, we find out, you know, the events come out later on. But apparently, some homeless guy uh, approached him and was being kind of aggressive about asking for some some handouts and wouldn't leave Alton alone. So he kind of flashed his piece. And friends said that he'd started carrying a gun just recently because he was mugged uh, recently. Right. It's so, a cash business. Makes so, sense. Right. So he started carrying um, a gun for self-protection. And uh, so basically he showed the guy his gun so he'd go away. So the homeless guy getting all salty or whatever. And and see, Charlie Bell, this is why I don't like homeless people. And <laughs> Right? No. And not to take any of the blame or, you know, the, the, oh, the, cops, the cops are the ones who, who pulled the trigger. They, they are culpable. They are, you know, 100% at fault. But. This guy deserves some blame, too, because I feel like now I'm assuming this homeless guy is a black guy. Being a person of color, you don't call the police on another person of color unless it is Life a or serious death. matter. Life or death. Yes. <laughs> that is the only time yeah. because anytime you call the police on a person of color, they could end up dead. Yep. No matter what the reason, no matter yep. how innocent, whatever. So you shouldn't do and, and you should have sense enough to know that you've been in this country your whole life. You are a grown person. Don't play with the police and, 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 and black people. Just right. don't do it. Right. It's just not good. It's a bad look. Shame on you, homeless dude. Fuck you. Right. All right. Well, right. Yes. Fuck him. I agree. I mean, we don't know. I mean, the the guy could have been mentally ill, but it just demonstrates the fact still, uh, unfortunately, routine, so-called routine interactions with police do way, way, way more disproportionately end up in deadly interactions with police. Yes. And people of color. Yes. So uh, the police show up. The store owner tell them that there's some sort of mistake, that no one was uh, brandishing a weapon, which is the word that was used. Um, and, uh, that, that Alton is not the guy that he's not causing trouble. He's not a troublemaker. I know him. He's a friend. You know, he tried to get them to go away, but the police, they, if <laughs> it may take them a while to show up, but once they show up, they, they're going to be there for a minute. Yeah. They're not going to just roll away. They're going to look for, to get into some shit. Right. <laughs> That's what they do. Right. So, uh, you know, they, um, from what so what happens next is a little like we, we there's some some missing information there but somehow they end up in a tussle with Alton and they tase him 
and uh, there's two police officers. They they throw him to the ground. They have him pinned to the ground. Um, you can see this in the video. Yeah, he he's pinned. His his arms are pinned face down, face down, and he's he. You can see him convulse from the taser from the taser. And there's literally two armed police officers on top of him, sitting right. on top of him. He's subdued. Yes, he is subdued. Then one of them yells out, "Gun!" <sighs> and then they just start shooting. And point, but point blank, though. point blank, not point blank. And they shoot him like seven times in the back and and in the chest. And then you see the cop go over to him, and inside inside his pocket is his gun. Inside his pocket. It is biologically impossible for you to... You don't even have motor control to grab anything when you're being tased. That's the whole fucking point of a taser. Right. Not to mention how many people die from being tased. Right. Let, yeah, let's not even go there. Right. That's that's very underreported, too. Yeah. Police kill hundreds of people with tasers. with tasers. Tasers can be deadly force, absolutely. Yes. And... Uh, so between two officers, mm-hmm. your weapons, and a taser, you... With a sub on the ground you don't feel comfortable that you could disarm someone i don't think you're good at your job you well, well disarm why why i don't even well, how is that even an issue like yeah. it, he had a gun but it was in his pocket right take it out of the pocket like what it just it was it looked like it just, it's ter- it's just mind-boggling there's just just no words really just you suck at your fucking job you're terrible you're a terrible cop yeah, and it, it it doesn't even feel like you know you're free from your life. No, it looks like no. an excuse to kill somebody. It was, if nigga with a gun shoot, that sounds like it sounds. It almost sounds like programming. If you see a black person with a gun shoot, period. Whether the person is subdued, whether they can get to it, whether they're legally allowed to carry it, whether there's justification for them to have it, whether it's loaded, whether it's unloaded, whether it's toy, whether it's real, whether it's really not a gun, but you think it's a gun, but it's really a wallet or, you know, sunglasses. It it just nigga gun shoot, nigga gun kill. That's really what. And I, I you know, I, I heard about what was going on before I saw the video. <sighs> And I wanted to believe that people were overreacting. Nope. You know, I wanted, I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want it to be this. I wanted to see something to, I wanted, to be honest, I wanted it to be a good shoot. You wanted it to be at least. Justified. You you wanted to be able to have some benefit of doubt for the people that are supposed to protect and serve. Yes. I wanted, yes. I wanted, yes. That is exactly right. (laughs) That is exactly right. I did not want to. I did not want to see what I saw, which was and a street I, side execution. And I'm watching it over and over and again, searching for some reason why they would, why they found it necessary to kill this man. And I couldn't come up with anything because they could anything. Even even the detractors, even the people who support police. And even the race, even this time around, the arguments are totally different than than usual. Yeah, they're mighty quiet. First of all, yeah, first of all, <laughs> it, yeah, they're they're focusing more on the other case, which mm-hmm. we're going to get to in a little bit because there's more room for there's more wiggle room in that case. Theoretically, so, so, but not really. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, <laughs> there is. There's more wiggle room. I mean, it just is. It doesn't make it justified, but it, it just is. Um, so. 
that's the one that they're doing more of the focusing more of the attention on. This one is kind of like, you know, what what can you say other than like they're saying stuff like not all cops are bad and all lives matters and it happens to white people too and it's not about race and they're saying that kind of stuff. They're not really saying like, oh, you know, and of course, you know, they whenever they can, they try to drag the character of the victim, you know, through the mud. Um, but uh, there, there doesn't really seem. Wait, they to didn't be. publish his swimming times. They didn't <laughs> say which his sports yeah. record was. What no, his, they didn't talk about his hobbies or. His, no, no, that that's that. reserved for for white people. Oh, yeah, okay. that's reserved for white people. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Mm. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I would have liked to have known what you know. No, no, they, they, what kind they, of things he was good at. Oh, they mentioned <laughs> that he had some minor run-ins with the law. What? Of course, they. Yeah, you know, which is very vague anyway. Which is has to- like, is totally fucking I, ir- irrelevant. Irrelevant, is what it is. exactly. It's irrelevant. Right. Who hasn't had minor? I mean, run-ins Martha with Stewart has fucking runs with law. Are we gonna? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, if she gets shot by the police, I'm pretty sure. The reaction wouldn't be the same. Right, right. But that's what they do. This is we all have recognized the pattern. Unfortunately, this happens so much that we we see and recognize the pattern. Oh yeah. You know, it's like okay, uh, a black man gets executed by the cops unjustly, and so now we have to drag justify. Him, we have to justify by dragging his character through the mud. Like he's not some upstanding citizen. Right. He's an ex-felon and right. you know he's done this and he done he's done that right and you know the truth of the matter is had alton sterling took that gun and shoved it up the ass of that homeless guy they still, <laughs> didn't, they still didn't have a right to do what they did no he could have took that gun and robbed the, he could have actually robbed the convenience yeah. store he could have actually committed a crime yes guess what white privilege is getting to see your day in court for a crime that you may have committed hello dylan roof not be hello dylan roof hello uh (laughs) theater shooter hello yeah nameless countless nameless countless we have we have some white criminals we got some we got some instances that we're going to cover a little bit guess what the police don't get to be judge jury and executioner on the street but but they are but they do get to yeah they don't they're not supposed to get to but theoretically yeah but they're they've been doing it they've been doing it stay doing it doing it doing it and doing it well hmm so okay oh my god and and then and then they the shadiness continues next day no they they take the they they take the video surveillance tape without the, the store owner's permission or a warrant the store owner tells the the police you're, you can't have this without a warrant. Yeah, they illegally confiscate. And they illegally confiscate the surveillance uh, camera. And I still don't think we've seen it. Nope. I still don't think we've seen that. No, they probably destroyed it. Yeah. So. It's, um, this is also just FYI. This is taking place in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Not known as a uh, <laughs> great state for race relations or pretty much most of anything else other than debauched drinking. But, um, yeah, it's pretty dark. Oh, and then didn't they have, weren't the cops supposed to be wearing body cameras? They were wearing body cameras, and uh, at least one of them fell off during the tussle. Fell off. Fell off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At least one of them fell off during the tussle. Now, the other one, uh, I'm not sure why we haven't seen the footage from his camera. Probably because it doesn't make them look very... Speaking of 
uh, body camera footage and just footage in general. I find it, Charlie Bell, I find it extremely interesting hmm. that when the uh, the police have footage of a suspect or the district attorney has footage of a suspect, it's kind of like presented as open and shut. Like, right. you know, like, there it is. See it with your own eye. But, right. but... But when they're the when, do- when, when they're the murderers, then the, it's the, like, the tape doesn't tell the right. whole story. What about the context, right? Wait, like, wait let's go back mm-hmm. twenty five years to when <laughs> this CD man had was stop and frisked, and we don't know he, he his his whole attitude was fucked up from back then. So you see, we had to kill him because he had a fucked up attitude, right? I mean, but also I want to know I want to know what in <laughs> what in America is the standard of character and and what level of perfect victim do you have to be, you know, for for the cops to not try to justify your murder? A like, white kind. Do you? Oh, well, right. If 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 by chance it would even happen to a white person, right? I'm I'm pretty sure that the routine has changed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have some statistics here. It does happen to white people, but let's let's go on to the next. I'll come oh, back yeah, to those. It, oh, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. But uh, I, I can't wait to hear these because I'm sure that they're going to show that, that disproportionately yep. it happens to blacks way more frequently. Yep. <laughs> For sure. And I, I, ho- I, hope there is, I hope that there's something in there that, that says something about how many of them uh, happen to which I don't think no one has done a study on or I haven't seen any stats on. I've looked for them, but uh, people who are uh, uh, encounters like this, like uh, traffic stops and, uh, um, you know, citizens or whatever, not not in the in the commission of a crime or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right, how right, many, right. yeah, I'd be interested to see how many, uh, you know, uh, white people not in the commission of a crime. Right. You know, or. Uh, killed by the police okay so um as if that wasn't enough you know the hashtags for Alton Sterling Alton Sterling are going out and everything and then the very next day on July 6th (sighs) Philando Castile is uh driving with I'm not sure if that's his just his girlfriend or his baby mama. Mm-hmm. I know there is a child involved, but I'm not sure if that's his child or just her child. This, this, the not, reports I've not, read so far say that it's her child. Okay, that's mine too. So, right. okay, not that that matters, no, but especially not in this situation. Yeah, so he he's out driving, you know, around with his with his family, you know, his, yep. his girlfriend and her baby, and uh, they're pulled over. At the time, she believed it was for a broken taillight. Well, come to find out that it was because that the officers thought that uh, Mr. Castillo looked like a suspect from an armed robbery a couple of days ago in the general area. I will give them this. I did see the tape or the, the, you know, the, the surveillance tape of the actual and, you know, and Mr. Castillo and all that. And, I give it to him. That's a good call. I mean, it was it was a close enough resemblance, resemblance that I feel like it was justified in them looking into it. I, okay. I give him that. Okay, I give him that. He had the he had the hair and similar clothes, and 
you know, pulled back the same way. It, it, it was... It was a good call, as far as I'm concerned. I, to investigate. To investigate. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. Um, so, uh, he... Now, what we... we this The video for this doesn't start until after... He's Pal- been shot. Palando's already been shot. At the time... Uh, so... The way we're first made aware of the case is that his girlfriend starts to stream the incident and we're getting everything she live from streams it on Facebook, live streams it on Facebook, which right. thank God, because if she tried to record it, you know, they would have confiscated that shit. Right. With a quickness. So we're getting everything from her, her, her perspective, point, her perspective, her point of view. And she's saying that and there was some controversy over it looked like that she was driving, but that's because the. The video was was flipped right. with the live stream. It was mirrored because of the way the cameras work and the up, mm-hmm. and upstream and everything. She actually was in the passenger seat, and Philando was actually driving. Um, now she says that he told the officer that he has a permit to carry a weapon, and that he had his weapon on him. She says that the police asked him for his ID, and she says when he reached for his wallet. That's when the uh, the police opened up and fired on him four times. Mister, uh, no, um, and then his girlfriend says that. Uh, well, actually, the, the the police officer says that he told him not to reach for it, and then uh, Diamond, his girlfriend, Mister Castillo's girlfriend, says that she said, "No, you asked him for his ID, right. and when he went to reach for it, you shot him." Right, you know. Um, so then there, there's been like these different reports from some of these conservative websites. I'm not going to give them uh, props by yeah, giving, don't even giving their names, but, but but I'm going to acknowledge uh, their 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 lies and their uh, <laughs> their Bullshit. faulty reporting. Right? They tried to say that they tried to make it look like um, they were really slick about it too. They tried to make it look like. Um, Philando Castillo did not have a, a permit. Um, they used the the they used some quotes from the sheriff's department out of context. Um, the the sheriff's department was asked, "Did Mr. Castillo uh, have a permit?" The sheriff's department replied, "He doesn't have one with us." Right. But that doesn't mean he doesn't, he doesn't have, have one. one. So they just took the part where he says that. Where the, where the sheriff's department says well, we're the where the we issue permits and we don't have one for him and that's they left it at that. Right. Uh, come to find out, he does have a valid or did have a valid permit um, that he got from uh, like another county or something like right. that. But it was all legal and proper and everything. So um, <clears throat> so there's that, and then they also try to subliminally <laughs> they try to link. Uh, Flando and Diamond to the robbery by they they mention that uh, the type of cigarettes that were stolen in, during the robbery and they show a picture of Diamond with the same brand of cigarettes in her hand. Were they Newports by any chance? <laughs> they, you know what? I think they were. Oh, sh- I think that's they were. shocking! I don't right. It was black it, people that smoke Newports. It was what? it was a brand that's 
like, very common. That's ten percent of the of the market. Yeah, is what what the, you know. Come on. So yeah, um, so they didn't say that they that you know, but they used that picture, you know, and you could tell that that's, that's what they were doing. But they also said that, which was also incorrect, that he was a verified suspect in a uh, armed robbery, which is not true. Mm-mm. He was not a suspect in an armed robbery. He was pulled over because he resembled a suspect a suspect in the surveillance video and the cop pulled him over to see if that was him to investigate and uh the cop they have the uh, 911 well, not the 9 not 911 but the dispatch tapes i believe when uh, the cop called it in before they uh pulled him over where he said that yeah they they kind of look like and just like his nose he's got a you know something about his nose being broad and this and that or whatever he looked like he uh could be our guy <laughs> so uh anyway so there's there's been a lot of uh but character assassination with 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 uh Philando Castillo as well right but it comes down to him being a a a, a good regular Joe he's right. a cafeteria worker yeah. you know he likes to sneak the kids extra graham crackers and whatnot right. there was you know? one kid a white kid who talked about he not having lunch money one week and him basically hooking him up with lunch right right so yeah so this guy wasn't you know some uh, career felon either. But again, you know what? Fuck this. If the fucking police kill me, I don't want anybody talking about, oh, she was this, she was intelligent, she was nice, she was. She had a good career. I want you to talk about all the ratchet fucked up shit that ever happened to me, that I ever did. I don't need you guys to justify it. me getting killed by the police shouldn't be based on whether right. I was a nice person, a good person, a bitch, a slut, anything. Like, this is unfucking acceptable. It's right. unacceptable for the state sanctioned people that we have given the authority to protect and serve to just. Well, I, I think the only reason why we're kind of, at least the reason why I'm kind of playing into it, is because of the narrative. You know what I mean? Right. They, they try to frame it like. Oh, black people get killed by cops more because well, black people do. commit crimes right. more. Right. right. You are criminals. Right. And you are, uh, you know, disproportionately, you commit crimes at a higher rate. And yeah. you involve yourselves in dangerous activities where, you you know, you're, you're dealing drugs. And, you're, right. you know, so, of course, you get killed by cops more right. often. Why right. wouldn't you? Right. So, that's the reason why. No, I understand. You know, it's like, yeah, it, that doesn't justify. But it's like, look. You can't just say it's black criminals, which, right. by the way, is, is like we like we pointed out before. Dylan Roof and a whole lot of other uh, white criminals, they make it to court. Yeah, they make it to trial. Yeah, they make it to Dylan Roof was escorted. They get in a bulletproof lawyer. vest. Yeah, with and then they stop and get they Burger stopped King? at Burger King <sighs> after they put a vest on him. Right, because they were concerned for his safety. He murdered nine innocent black people in a church praying just prayed for them prayed for his ass yes so yes. so right so i guess i'm you're right i mean i get it we're, we're speaking to the ridiculous like the ridiculousness of the narrative but we need to question the whole foundational reasonality yeah no you know, yeah there's, there's rationale for the narrative you're absolutely 100 percent, and also the fact that these narratives it's all about picking and choosing the the point and the link of causality that they that makes them look good, right? And dismissing every other point of causality mm-hmm. that that reinforces what we know, which is that this is systemic and it's race based. 
But go ahead. Yes, yes. No, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just hard not to get sucked into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where, no, I know. It's like it's, part of what we have to do as far as fighting this systemically is reshape the narrative, right? Right. And also... And, and plus, you know, if it, if it were just criminals, then you know what? Us regular black people wouldn't be so fucking afraid. afraid. You know? Part, that part right there. That I mean, part right there. There, there was... I, I, oh, my God. I tell you, one of the best things about getting older mm-hmm. was the, that they focus less on you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you get you, like you when I was age. when I was young. Yeah. The, oh my God! I got stopped and 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 harassed and whatever so much more. Right. You know, not to mention because we traveled and tended to travel in groups more. Right. You know, course. as younger people, whatever. But anyway, it, it was just, and I would be so nervous. Yeah. Right. And I remember this one time. It was just me and my buddy Robert, and uh, Robert was Latino. And we used to get pulled over all the time. And uh, Robert and I, we were college students. We were college friends, college buddies. And we used to get pulled over all the time. And this one time, I was so nervous. I was, I was being, I was cuffed in on, on the, uh, on sitting on the curb oh. for, for this is, this is just a, a routine stop. Yeah. They didn't even give us a, which, Walking which, while black. which, by the way, um, most times, more often than not, they wouldn't give us a reason for, for pulling us over. Right. Because there was no reason. Right. Except the fact that we were black and Mexican. Right. So this is the thing. Like, I mean, I don't want to interrupt because, I mean, this is super important. But, I mean, this is the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Like, obviously, police murders of of black people by police is obviously kind of like the the climax of this fucked up um relationship between black communities and the law enforcement that's supposed to protect us but the reason why so many black folks who aren't who haven't been killed or shot or murdered or don't even know anyone who has necessarily been other than you know the hashtags that we see in the social media like most of us have had these very terrifying experiences with law enforcement like the 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 murder is just the most like the most extreme manifestation yeah. of what we experience in our communities every day, which is yeah. basically a sense of being occupied by the people that who's we we pay their we pay taxes too. Right. We we need protection. We know that there's criminals. It's you know what I'm saying. It's but most the average black person I think has had the experience of having a very tense or fearful interaction with. Police not knowing if you were going to make it out alive, unbeaten, unjailed, you know, unfairly accused. You you look like somebody who who you talk a kind of way. I mean, anything, anything. There's any justification. They don't need any justification. Right. So he's like, why why are you so nervous? Why are you good? And like, and you know, me being a big dude, right? And then, you know. Me getting nervous, and then it, it, it just like it was like this cycle, 
It totally it, is. It makes, it makes them nervous. Right. And he's like, why are you so nervous? What are you guys doing? What do you want? And so then they start searching the car. Right. And looking for stuff. Like, right. And then the reason this becomes institutionalized and systemic is because then they take something like that that makes them nervous, right? So he's nervous, right? So that's called a furtive mo- movement. A furtive movement is actually something that they put into the stop and frisk-like policies that actually give the police justification for basically pulling you over and 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 basically violating your constitutional protections because they what they're deeming subjectively what you're doing in reaction to them as furtive movements right so now they have something that's on the law books that in a, that justifies what they want to do anyway you know so it is systemic because you have these policing policies. It, it's, there's no coincidences here. These pol- policing policies create this these opportunities for all the shit to just go mad wrong. But anyway, go ahead. I'm That's sorry. all right. I'm not going to get through that story, so never mind. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, so then, um, oh, so then we have, uh, what is this? Uh, oh, the lawyer, there's a lawyer. That says that um, I guess he's working for the police department. That <laughs> says that the that the cops uh, that the officer in the Philando uh, Castillo case was not reacting to race, but to a gun. Right. So that supposedly they would have us believe it is the way that our interaction with cops are always that way when there's a gun involved. That's what they want us to believe. Right. But the truth of the matter is something totally different. We got a few examples here. Um, armed white guy has standoff with the police, then gets his gun back. <laughs> okay, this and and you know what was funny is or not funny but ironic mm-hmm. and, or and, and morbid. Right. Uh, most a lot of these videos with with with. Like uh, the Castillo and and uh, and um, Sterling, Sterling and uh, Eric Garner, Garner and and all these videos that we have, there there are a few seconds. Right. There are a few seconds. You can go on YouTube, right, and put in white people interacting with cops, right, <laughs> and these some of these videos are like forty minutes, right, right. You know, nine minutes. They're long. Tamar wow. Rice, right, a little kid with Tamir, the, Tamir, yeah. A, a little kid with a BB gun, whatever, was shot in like two seconds. Yeah, literally. It was two seconds from the time that the police arrived. Okay. Now, remember that. Okay, this 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 went on for 40 minutes here, right? You can go, like I said, you can go on YouTube. I'll, this, I'll post this on, on our webpage so you can go and look at these yourselves. Um, another one. White guy points gun at the police officers and children during hour-long standoff. An hour long, right? Right. And this has happened in San Diego where I Yes, grew in San up, Diego. And I can promise you it would not have happened to me. Right? Exactly. Um, white men arrested twice for road rage with a gun. Okay. Now, this white guy was arrested for firing. <laughs> not having... Not running around the park playing with a toy gun, but firing a BB gun at officers. Okay? And this was a 22-year-old man, not a little kid. Not a little kid. Not a little kid. Right? 
another person who lived to tell about it with a gun involved and it being and that's actually a crime oh uh, yeah he's actually committing a crime yeah he's why actually, wouldn't he get attempted murder why would you not think <laughs> why would you not think that that's a real gun i mean it was a real gun I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not think that that's a, a, you a know, threat? Yeah. Why, you know, this, why are you this, not afraid for your life? Right. When someone's pointing a BB gun. Right. A grown man. Right. Two white men shoot up Walmart with BB guns and live to tell the tale. And it goes on. There's more. There's more. There's absolutely more. But I'd, I'd like to hear those stats that you were talking about earlier, Charlie Bell. <sighs> Let me get some. I think now's a good time. Let me take a. Out. Let me take a quick little breath here. So, okay. So first of all, let's just talk about demographics. What mm. we know: white people are basically sixty-six percent of the American population. Obviously, it varies from location to play. You know, location, state to state, mm-hmm. metro to metro. But just we're looking at nationwide statistics here, and black people make up about twelve percent of the population. Right. So. In 2015, last year, cops were responsible for killing 1,146 Americans. Let's just pause right the fuck right there. (laughs) 1,146 Americans were killed by the police. That is crazy. Like, most countries, I mean, that's probably, yeah, so... That's a problem in and of itself. If it was all white people, I would say, you know what? We need a fucking movement. This don't make no goddamn sense. Right. This is dumb. So, okay. But of those, whites were a 581, which is 51%, over half. And blacks were 306, 27%, nearly a third. So, okay, you're like, oh, yeah. So, see, white people do get killed by police. Yes, they do. We we never said they didn't. Right. Um, And white people, you should be... Salty as well. You should be worried about this because you could get killed too. And in fact, there was a white guy killed this week um, and two Latinos. So it's not, you know. Um, But so if you look at your size, 60% of the population and you get killed 50%. So you're underrepresented as far as police killings. And black people are overrepresented by more than two times our presence in the population by police killings. If it was really based on just, you know, proportionality and proportionality. And we know that, and most of the interactions with police are based on drug use, drug enforcement. And we know that black people and white people use drugs at approximately the same rates. They use and sell and distribute drugs at approximately the same rates. Actually, we have the, facts. Actually, the latest studies say that white people... Slightly more. more slightly more. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, right, exactly. So, if it were proportional, we know that this wouldn't be happening. Right. And then another important thing. So, if you look at... Uh, of those people who got caught... Sh- excuse me, killed by police, how many of them were unarmed? Of the 1,146 people who were killed by the police, Mm -hmm. 229 were unarmed. So, and that's even with being skeptical about the police reporting the rest of those people who were armed. Like, we don't really know if they really were armed or if they were legally armed. Right. That's just saying we know for a fact that at least 229 of them had no weapon. Well, if a gun showed up at the crime scene that may not have been theirs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so whites of those were 103, 45%, and blacks killed were 79, 34%. So now... 
not only are we killed at a higher percentage rate, we actually are way even more overrepresented. That, now we're overrepresented by nearly three times our pr- presence in the population of people who are unarmed and killed by police. Why would the police be 300% more likely to kill black people who are unarmed, right? Mm-hmm. Unarmed black people right. than white people. It, it's, it's, it's not the arm. It's not the weapon because there wasn't a weapon. So what's the difference? It's the race. Mm. It's the fucking race. Or should I say more specific? It's the racism. <laughs> yeah. It's the racism. the racism. It's not the race. It's the racism. Right. It's the perception of black people as criminals. It's the criminalization of our communities and the things we do. Another thing that I um, is important, I think. And this goes for when the, 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 the cop is black, too. This still yeah. counts. Yeah, still absolutely. Counts. Exact. You absolutely. Uh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, was he that, that cop was black and shot a black woman. So. so? They still represent the same institution. They're right. still enforcing the same laws. They're still going by the same use of force policies. They're still enforcing the same stop and frisk. And, you, know. you, and you can be racist against your own race. Absolutely. <laughs> we know this. Yes. You just can. Of course. So get over it, people. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Anyway. Um, oh, but back to crim- like the way our, in which our communities are criminalized. Like An interesting article that I wrote, and I, I mean not wrote, that I read and posted was – um, talking about kind of the circumstances of the Alton Sterling murder in particular, you know, like we said, he was hustling CDs. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. He was the CD hustle man. Similar to Eric Garner. Eric Garner was the, the cigarette guy. Yeah, he was selling Lucy's, right? Right. So, <coughs> first of all, we live in an economy when a lot of folks got to get a side hustle. Like the old school, I have a job with security and benefits. It doesn't really exist for a lot of people in this economy. Yeah, not to mention sometimes, you know, if if, if somebody has a record or something, right, that's then, what I was, then they, they only have a hustle because it, they can't get a job. Exactly. So even though white people are doing hustles, you know, Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, whatever, we, we call that the sharing economy. It's entrepreneurial, right? But then when black people turn to basically survival type of activities, a lot of times based on the fact that they have been criminalized uh, maybe unfairly or over criminalized for maybe they have a record and that's def- then left them out of the ability to get a standard type of job you know and then the the activities that we turn to for survival then even those are become criminalized right so we have to see it as part of a larger pattern and this is why we keep talking about is systemic it's systemic it's not isolated incidents right, right. like these 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 two gentlemen really there was no reason for them to even have, you know, interaction with law enforcement based on just what they were doing to survive. It wouldn't justify it. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, before we before we get into the next, uh, I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a, a good cop. But before we get into that, we're gonna go ahead and take our, our little break, and we'll be right back in a second. Hello everyone, this is Jason from the 3 Is Comedy Podcast featuring myself and fellow podcast comedians Bob and Mindy. Our podcast is a variety comedy show featuring a wide range of segment topics aimed at turning everyday life into laughter. You can check us out on iTunes or Stitcher or you can visit our website 3iscomedy.podbean.com. Get out your pen and paper, guys and gals. It's time for a quiz. Do you 
think that black chicks are awesome? Do you actually focus on Netflix during Netflix and chill? Do you block jerks who spoil movies during their opening weekend? Are you a jerk who spoils movies during their opening weekend? Then you might like my podcast called Black Chick Watching. I break down how media treats black women and girls. Check it out. BlackChickWatching.com Social media is a motherfucker. Y'all need to go check us out on Twitter. Hold on, man. Oh. Be- before they go anywhere, they need to listen to the show first, man. Right. It's the no-nonsense show. 10% less bullshit than any other podcast, guaranteed. And if you want facts, politically correct opinions, all that shit, fuck that. <laughs> we don't cater to your kind of side. This show is about the real conversations people have when the sensitivity police are nowhere to be found. We show sure don't, goddamn man. We funded it in a motherfucker. I mean, checking out this nigga right here, Jamie Matt, goddamn be honest, and the nigga myself, J to the motherfucking spook, the nigga of the show. The No Nonsense Show. Man, why you always got to refer to yourself in third person? Look, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found, or you can go to nonsenseshow.com. Can I say social media is a motherfucker now? All right, and we're back. Okay, so let me address this before I, I, I play this clip. Now, I feel like way too much emphasis is put on the Black Lives Matter hashtag in a sense uh, in a in a in a in a in a, in a sense that um, what I mean by that is too too much focus is placed on that Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter had the hashtag it's a slogan a slogan by its nature is designed to bring attention and awareness to whatever it is that you are creating a slogan for, whether it's a cause, whether it's a business or whatever. It's not meant to be all encompassing. It's not meant to be the doctrine. It's not meant to be, you know, the, the, the mantra, the, the heart and soul of the, of the organization or the movement is not meant to be conveyed in that one line. That's not the purpose of a hashtag. You know what I mean? It's only supposed to be catchy and to get your attention and to heighten awareness. That's the purpose of a hashtag. So because the hashtag is Black Lives Matter does not preclude white lives or Asian lives or any other lives. It doesn't preclude anything. It just means this is our focus at the moment. Because because we need focus drawn to this to this cause or whatever. Right. You know, just like if someone's raising money for cancer, it doesn't mean that leukemia is not important. It doesn't mean that sickle cell is not important. Right. It just means that that's the attention that that they're focused on at the moment. Right. You know. <laughs> did you did you see the? Um the letter that I posted on uh, social media that was a law professor addressing white law students. No. Oh, my God. Everyone needs to read it. It's so good. I'll send you the link to post on our Facebook. Okay. But um, <clears throat> Or you can post it on our Facebook. I can do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. I'm looking for it. But basically, she, she breaks it down. They need to be a little bit more proactive uh, 
with uh, reining in the ones who are, who are who are uh, foul. Right. And, and to and to that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip from this officer uh, Nakia Jones. Now, the um, her video in its entirety is on our page. If you want to hear the whole thing, I'm going to play the clip that was played on the on the uh, on the news mm-hmm. where it just takes a, a little bit of the highlights of it just for brevity's sake or whatever right. and it kind of gives you a little bit about her or whatever but if you want to hear it in its entirety just go to our, our Facebook page The Shiznit Show and you can uh, see the whole thing and it's, it's very it's powerful very 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 passionate and uh, very right on very emotional yes in, indeed I'm here because I wanted to make a difference. But how dare you stand next to me in the same uniform and murder somebody? How dare you? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. This is part of Warrensville Heights police officer Nakia Jones' video message that was posted on her personal Facebook page. She is commenting on a police-involved shooting of a man in Louisiana. It has been shared with millions. If you're afraid to go and talk to an African-American female or male or a Mexican male or female, then because they're not white like you, take the uniform off. You have no business being a police officer. Alton Sterling, 37, was shot to death in a police shooting Tuesday morning. A video of the incident, which was posted to social media, has sparked national attention. Many questions remain unanswered, and the case is still being investigated. The officer works here at Warrensville Heights Police Department. Officials tell us they have received numerous calls and messages about the Facebook post. Murder somebody! In her own video posted Wednesday, Nakia Jones recounted the painful moment she felt after hearing about Sterling's death and how he was killed. Be smart! I am my brother and my sister's keeper. That's why I'm going to keep this uniform on, because today I wanted to quit when I saw that video. Warrensville Heights officials say they are still reviewing the matter. My heart goes out to that young man's family, because if it was my son, I don't know what I would do. But to my brothers and sisters, my juvenile brothers and sisters, I am your keeper. Okay, my internet has been really crazy lately, so... I'll clean that up best I can in post, but uh, sorry about that. But yeah, so she in Warrensville uh, is in Ohio. And that's where this sister is located. And uh, obviously she got suspended. Obviously. For exercising her free speech rights. So she didn't even say anything that A, wasn't correct, and B, didn't. I can't, I can't, I can't even right now. What did she get suspended for? Come on now, you knew that was going to happen. Come on, you can't get on. T- I mean, t- you can't get on the uh, on Facebook and say that the cops murdered somebody. They like, did. You can't say that. Well, we, well, technically, they did not because they have not been convicted. So, well, it's one thing to say you haven't been convicted of a murder. That's not the same thing as saying you didn't commit a murder. Eh, well, still legally, you can't really say that. Especially if you're a cop. Well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. I would have to. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's bullshit. It's just a way to silence her. She didn't say anything wrong. So, um, there's that. And, um, now, also, let me preface this next piece by saying that because we don't want cops killing people 
especially innocent people, does not mean that we want people to kill cops. Nope. That does not mean that. So with that said, um, during a peaceful, a peaceful protest on July 7th uh, in Dallas, um, one of many that were going on all over the country because of these these events that we've been talking about here today. And that are still continuing. Still continuing, yes, indeed. Um, this This happened in Dallas. A peaceful protest turning deadly as a sniper takes aim. The crowds running for cover. Officers frantically trying to locate the shooter. Yeah, we got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Slow down. He's in the damn building right there. Assist officer shots fired. Code three. Stay off the radio. Officer down. In the aftermath, five Dallas police officers are dead. Seven more wounded, as well as two civilians. Get back! A horrific ambush-style attack against police. This was a well-planned, well-thought-out, evil tragedy by these suspects. Tonight, law enforcement officials have identified the killer as 25-year-old Micah Xavier Johnson, a former Army reservist who was deployed to Afghanistan as a carpentry and masonry specialist and a self-described black militant. Johnson lived here in this Dallas suburb with his mother. A neighbor telling CNN Johnson was more withdrawn after his time in the war zone. A friend, though, said Johnson did not seem depressed or suggest he was capable of such deadly extremes. He said he was upset about the recent police shootings. The suspect said he was upset at white people. The suspect stated he wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. Police attempted to negotiate with the shooter, who told them he had bombs placed around the city. After those talks broke down and additional gunfire was exchanged, police sent in an armed robot. We saw no other option but to use our bomb robot and place a device on the, its extension uh, for it to detonate where the suspect was. It all started at what was a peaceful protest in downtown Dallas, one of many across the country. Public outcry following police-involved shooting incidents in Baton Rouge and outside Minneapolis earlier in the week involving black men. President Obama speaking about the shooting from his overseas trip in Poland, calling Dallas Mayor Mike Rawlings to offer condolences and support. There has been a vicious, calculated, and despicable attack on law enforcement. Police in Dallas were on duty during doing their jobs, keeping people safe during peaceful protests. Most of the injured officers have been released from the hospital. There you have it. There you have it. Um, so, again, we're not condoning this type of action. I don't think that anything other than more... I, I th- actually, I think this just would make things worse. Of course, of you course, know, because they, they're they're afraid when we're not shooting them. <laughs> Look, so if they start taking, you know, you start taking aim and actually killing police officers, uh, which, by the way, this was the largest uh, group of police officers killed since nine eleven. Yeah, you know, I mean, for, for all the talk of how dangerous their job is and stuff, it's pretty rare. Yeah, that they that they 
they do far more killing than than being killed. Yeah, the um, far more killing than being killed. The most dangerous jobs in America are working at a Seven Eleven, like a convenience store, being a miner. Police aren't even in the top five most dangerous jobs in the country. Yeah, they're, they're not. So I think that, which is not to in any way. Um, you know, dismiss the commitment that certain cops make, you know? Right, right. I mean, like this Nakia or, or Nakaya, whatever her name was, she obviously cares about her job, her community. She wants police to represent her and, you know, the uniform with integrity. Um, but <laughs> it's just, it's first of all, Let's like as, as tragic and horrible as this is. Let's not get distracted. We know that police kill black people when they don't have any justification, when there is no reason. So you know it's going to be even more terrifying now that they feel that they have, have a, a reason. reason. Right. But this guy is in no way affiliated with Black Lives Matter. He's in no way affiliated with any type of movement. He was a crazy, deranged person. For what we know, he he. he yeah, he actually said that, and uh, he he told the. He told the police that, and they actually said that at a, at a different. Uh, it wasn't in that clip, but in one of the clips I heard the chief say that he said he was not affiliated with any group. Right. Any group. Right. And also, where they, you know, now that they've killed him, you know, they brought that situation to a close within two hours, right? <laughs> of course. And uh, of, course, of course, he was going to end up dead. Yeah, that was a given. Of course. And uh, they, you know, now they're searching his files and his whatever, and he. He was a rambler, you know. He what they found are these really yes, violent and anti-cop and uh, writings, but they're also filled with like delusions and paranoia and and hallucinations. Frankly, this person was mentally ill. You know, he again, no different than a lot of what we see in this country. He was a mentally ill person who got a hold of a gun, and now that fact in and of itself is going to be used to undermine and derail. This movement, right? Which I think is ironic because the same people who are like, oh, not all cops are bad. It's a few bad apples, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, but now one crazy motherfucker got a hold of a gun and killed up some cops. And now it's like Black Lives Matter and Obama together are all to blame. <laughs> what the? What? Huh? Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I should we should say, too, that we definitely want to point out that uh, we feel bad for the officers who who were slain and injured and for their families and uh our hearts and thoughts go out to them as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And to the community of Dallas. This has got to be a very um traumatic thing for everyone in the community. Um and it's been pointed out in other media outlets that one of the things that makes this particular murder even less rational and and more ironic is that Dallas actually has has one, been one of the police forces in the country that has been uh, implementing some of the more progressive policies as far as police community relations, you know, and they have a black police chief and, you know, they had cops who were out there really um, seeming to be earnestly trying to protect these people's right to free speech and, and protest what we see as the injustice of, you know, police murders happening in this country. And so, again, that just goes to emphasize it's not rational. Yeah. And one other thing I, I need to touch on before we, we're getting close to wrapping up here. But 
one of the things I, I need to touch on, not because it's related, because it's actually not related, but it's related because people keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up and trying to make it related. Yeah. But if I hear another, especially another black person, <laughs> it's bad enough when white people do it. But the black people, why are you falling for the okie doke of this black on black crime? Bullshit. Ridiculousness. It's ridiculous. First of all, black on black crime is not a fucking thing. No, it's a myth. Right. Okay. Because, and I'll try to tell you why briefly. To say black on black crime would denote that that it's some uh, that, that it's, it's unique to black people. Right. Well, the way the crime works, people, is that guess who kills more police officers than anybody else? White people. Guess who kills more white people than anybody else? White people. <laughs> and it's the same true of every race. Right. For the most part. Most crime, crime is indicative of it, it's, the way that it is, it's, it's predatory and it's opportunistic. Right. And you take advantage of and you prey on those in your surroundings. Right. So who are surround you typically people of your race right so typically you know so in order to say black on black you have to say white on white but no we don't say that we just call it crime right we don't say asian on asian we don't say brown on brown or or latin on latin crime we don't say that (laughs) american on american crime black people are the only people that get this fucking honor right like oh wow how how do we rate why are we so the whole world thinks we're these Insane Savages. animals yeah. who are just wilding out against each other. No, the fuck we're not. Everybody's doing this. Right. Look, <laughs> the reason that police forces and law enforcement exist is because we recognize the fact that people are in are people humans are imperfect and are gonna commit crimes. Right. That there's no country, no culture, no race that doesn't have crimes being committed. So the whole idea of oh well, we shouldn't even discuss police brutality until we eradicate black on black crime what the fuck does that mean so are you really trying to say like if you carry that to its illogical conclusion Mm -hmm. are you really trying to say that black people are responsible for eliminating every type of every last trace of criminal behavior within our own race before we can demand accountability and professionalism on the part of the you know state uh agency that is that is supposed to protect us. We're not supposed to ex- expect a higher standard of the police than we are from criminals. What the fuck kind of logic is that? It doesn't make any sense. Right. None whatsoever. It is so ridiculous and so ignorant. Yes. Black people need to stop killing each other. Everybody needs to stop killing each other. Yes. Yes. We need to work on our communities. Yes. We need to stop gang violence and all that, but that does not mean that, you know, it's okay for cops to kill us. It's Absolutely. just not, and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that has that stuff has to be eradicated before it, this is addressed. Right? We're not. Why are Why are we the only ones who have been given that task? Right. We have to eradicate. Which, by the way, the not and most of the people who say that dumb shit are totally ignoring the fact that most of the anti crime, the efforts to eradicate gang violence gun violence in our communities are being led by black people. So you so simultaneously as you're making an illogical argument, you're also erasing the work of people who are fighting an uphill battle every day in yes. our communities. Yes, and because you haven't heard anything or because then, you're not participating. Because, right. Get your head out of your fucking ass and you you maybe you would know. Right. Because I don't want to hear, you know, uh, no, I have been to literally dozens yeah. of rallies, Vigils. events, protests, in marches yeah. about gang violence. Dialogues. As a matter of fact, I have organized some my damn self. Right. Okay. And 
for all you people out there, things are cyclical. Okay, things happen in cycles and things have ebbs and flows. That's how mm-hmm. life is. Yeah. The 80s and 90s was all about gang violence, right. especially here in Los Angeles. Right. It was all about gang violence. That's all you heard and that's all and that's that was the topic de jour. Yeah. Okay? Um well, you know what? Gang violence has actually gone down. Yeah. It's actually gone down and quite a bit. As have cop murders. If you look statistically, this, this the the cop murders have been going to I mean, murder of the police being murdered is right, what I'm trying to say. Right, right. So now, okay, the focus is police brutality. That is the focus now. It does not mean that we no longer care about, you know, gang violence or black on black crime. We care about that, but you know what? If I had to pick uh, which is worse, then. Yeah, the cops doing it is a lot worse because you know what? They're not supposed to. Yeah. Gangbangers, that's what they do. They're criminals. They're criminals and they commit crime and that's <laughs> what they do. That's their job. Right. Okay? Cops are not supposed to be criminals. Cops are not supposed to commit crime. Right. Cops are not supposed to murder people. They're supposed to save people. So when they start murdering people, we have a problem and it's worse. Yes, it is worse when a cop, oh, you care more about the black. No, I don't care more about that life. But the fact that the cop took that life, yes, it is worse than when the ba- gangbanger took yeah. the life. And it the, is. It, it right. just fucking is. And if you don't see that, then I don't know what to tell you. Right. Because that gangbanger did not have authority from the state to kill you, and then most likely, if they get caught, is going to be held accountable. That's Whereas right. what we're seeing repeatedly is that these cops are never held accountable, that they have the authority from the state to kill you, and nine times out of ten, there is not going to be justice for you. That's right. Okay, so I think the question is, where do we go from here? You know, like, what, what do we do? How do we help? How do we get involved? Um, obviously, we don't have any hard answers. You know, but, I, I don't. I have suggestions. Yeah, I have some things that you know, places you can start. You know, you can start by having a conversation. You can start by, I mean, especially in, in, in times like this, don't underestimate getting together with a. a it could be a, just a group of friends. Yeah, you know, and 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 decompressing. Yeah, that, like Solnit yesterday. That, that goes a long way for mental health because Absolutely. events like this are very draining. And I, was, I was, yeah, very traumatic. I, I told Charlie Bell, I, I'll, I'll say right here on the show, you know, you guys know me. I keep it 100. I'm, I was at my desk crying, trying to trying not to cry, but crying, you know, um, just because it was just so much. Yeah. It's just so much. Yeah. And um, so. Yeah, getting together and decompressing and just it's very cathartic. You know, yeah. you, you you can talk about what you guys can do in your event or you can just choose to get together and and just escape you know, the escape for moments. Somebody posted on <laughs> Facebook that they was pissed off because BET was playing BAPS and and not something <laughs> uh, 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 not addressing it and I was like, "Bruh, uh entertainment and escapism is is important." And needed. Plus, it's Baps needed. is hilarious. <laughs> That's what somebody else said. But I'm like, it's 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 still, you know, it's like trying people stop getting so bogged down in in how other people are dealing or coping or addressing, and just do you. Like the world's not gonna stop spinning. Yeah, you know what I mean. And some people, at the moment that you're riled up, they're gonna need to laugh. 
Right. And maybe when you're laughing, they're riled up. Right. Or crying or right. whatever. So don't be, you know, or just because somebody is, they're, they're, they're riled up about the police brutality doesn't mean that they don't care about the black on black crime, which is what you're riled up about. It right. doesn't mean that your cause or their cause is more important than the other one. Yeah. Stop getting so riled up about that. It's enough. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's enough. It's enough injustice to go around for everybody. Yes. <laughs> there is enough. There is enough. And people can care about more than one thing at a time. People yeah. can be in different places at the same time. Just because yeah. somebody else is laughing does not mean that they don't care. Just because yeah. somebody else is crying or just, you know, it doesn't, you know, because when I wrote this, somebody was like, oh, we don't, there's an escaping. We've been escaping our whole lives. It's time to do something. It's time for action. Motherfucker, you don't know me. You don't know. You don't right. know nothing about me. Right. You know, when you was in high school, I was fucking marching. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was at rallies. Right. And having conferences. Right. About this very shit right here. Of course. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, slow your roll. You don't, for mm-hmm. one, you don't know who you're talking to. That part right there. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what somebody's done. Right. Or, or, do, or doing, doing. Or still doing. Right. I mean, there's that. And then also, I mean, I, I want to say... This is hard. I mean, I, I do have some suggestions as far as like policy prescriptions that we can kind of touch on before we wrap up. But I mean, overall, it's very easy, especially a week like this that kind of just reveals all the it's this week has been like a mirror of of this society and the the scars that we bear, you know, from slavery on. Right. And. I think that um, it's very easy to get caught up in despair around when you see people literally being murdered in front of your very eyes. But what I try to do is remember that one of the th- reasons that there's so much reaction right now is because things are actually changing. Like reforms are taking place. Like nothing's perfect. This is not going to get fixed overnight. But things are changing. Just the very expectation that we have that the police should be accountable to communities and the organizing that people are doing around it. And some of the changes that are happening to stop and frisk and to um, oversight, you know, like, for example, um, there are districts where now the state attorney general will prosecute any um, police misconduct or police brutality cases rather than the local prosecutor, which is one of the critical, you know, firewalls that has to be put up. There's no reason that local prosecutors should be prosecuting the people that they work hand in hand with every day on building cases. Right. So um, it's just kind of like how I think of like Trump, like Trump is a symptom of some horrible shit that's happening in our country and some horrible um, dynamics, but he's also a sim- why are they so mad? Why are these people clinging to Trump? Because things are changing. You know, they do see the fact that the writing is on the wall. The the the, the Trump, the America that Trump and them want to go back to is not is a fantasy. It can never happen. And by the same token, you know, we're not going back to a time when police brutality was just an accepted form of racialized social control. That's what it was intended to do. You know. This is really, if you really look at the system, it's it's doing what it was intended to do, but we're not going to accept that. So that's what I have to hold on to present, prevent myself from, you know, just succumbing to despair and staying focused on the organizing and the work that needs to go forward. Okay. And also, um, there are community representatives and politicians that you can write. 
tell them your concerns. Um, actually, uh, a friend of mine who's a, a freelance writer and actually was a guest on the show, uh, Vanessa Carmichael, she wrote up a little plan that she calls Vanessa's plan. And she makes, uh, I think, some pretty good suggestions um, about some things that we could possibly implement to effect change. Charlie Bell, would you kind of read through that? Sure. Uh, you want me to just kind of summarize them or read the whole thing? Uh, whichever, you, whatever is faster. Okay. So the first thing she calls it purge. <laughs> As opposed to the purge, please don't get confused. <laughs> we are not recommending no. a day where we just wipe motherfuckers out. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, put the millennials, community leaders, and unemployed lawyers to work. Independent panels in every precinct to review every police officer and recommend whether or not they should be allowed to continue on the force. Purge the roles. Okay, so what she's talking about is meaningful civilian oversight of policing and use of force policies. Absolutely. That is a policy step we need to take. Okay, recruit. Offer competitive salaries to college graduates to join the police force. Starting salary for a cop is around 50K a day, and I think that's it's even lower in a lot of ju- jurisdictions. Um, yeah, that's the big cities. Yeah. Like L.A. Right. So basically what she's saying is that we need to um, recruit jo- cops. Being a police has to be a job that people with college educations and more exposure to people from different races that they would actually be – uh, attracted to. So that's a very important, you know, I think you are going to get a higher quality. Um, okay, retrain. We've got to throw out the old and replace the new. Uh, how to question, apprehend, and arrest subject, suspects. Give cops the physical training they need to make them more confident without guns. These arrests show us a lot of bad form and cowardice. Address racism, sexism, and homophobia in that retraining. Absolutely, retraining has to happen. And, um, they need. There definitely needs to be an emphasis on de-escalation and mediation tactics. Yeah. Before you go to the next one, I want to like to interject real quick. I was listening to the No Nonsense Show. They had a special podcast uh, about about you know th- this week's um, situations or tragedies. And one of the he's not a regular. He's a kind of a a regular guest. His name he goes by O Dub, and he was a military police officer and he said something that struck me as very um, very germane to what we're talking about right now especially that one there he said that even though they are military police that is Mm -hmm. are in much dangerous uh, situations oftentimes Mm -hmm. that their incidents of of uh, mistakenly Killing someone, or you know, shooting an innocent person, or just mm-hmm. even discharging their weapon, right. is very low. Yeah, very low, much mm-hmm. lower than the regular police. Yeah, which is kind of weird when they're in much dangerous circumstances, right. where you would think that you know, a lot of times at war or in conflict, high conflict areas and things like that. And he said because their rules of engagement, yep, is that are they're they're so. They're so strong, and they're like they're really drilled into them, and the consequences yep. are really high. You know, so before they fire their weapons or anything, they mm. are sure. Yeah, because that should create sure. an international incident. Yeah, <laughs> so they right, so they make damn sure that they when they fire their weapon that it's you know they're within the confines of 
and they're in just, right. you know, they're just in doing so. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, and I know that, you know, you, you were playing the different or reviewing the different scenarios in which white people with guns were basically allowed to mm-hmm. escape or be arrested or whatever. Right. There was a peaceful conclusion. Right. So the point is the police can do this. Right. They, we're not asking them to do something that's undoable. They do it every day. Right. And like you said, military police, people who are – if you – if you are in a situation where you know 90% of the people around you are armed, tra- trained soldiers, you're going to come with a different approach because mili- using force isn't going to be the best outcome. And that's typically going to be the case. Like, we want to reduce the use of force, period. Right. But anyway, so moving on. So retraining is critical. Retreat. So we have national parks in every state. Use them for regular police retreats where officers update skills to de-escalate and de-stress. Bring in speakers, just like you would a corporation, to enlighten and inspire the officers. Cops' job is beyond important to the communities they serve. It's vital. I'm sure we have millionaires waiting to donate to this fund. I think think they should be like, if if they're not already, I really don't know. I don't don't have a, a great knowledge of what goes on in the police department even though they're government and mm-hmm. kind of related to us you know how um i don't know if your department just had to do this charlie bill but we just recently went to a, a, a violence a workplace and violence seminar mm-hmm. and you know we have the we have like there's probably i don't know there's there's the sexual harassment one workplace violence there's there's like discrimination there's probably like five or six different mm-hmm. uh uh, really hot topics that we mm-hmm. like every year. We like it, it, some right. of them are every year, some of them are every other year. But right. we're constantly going to these these seminars and these trainings, and, and they're the, mandatory. They're mandatory, and we're constantly being like you know, like retrained and re and, and updated on the the the, the latest theories and mm-hmm. practices and how to deal with these situations. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that I think like even more so for them. You think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if they have that, but it seems like they definitely should have stuff like that, you know? Right. I mean, I think this speaks both to the need for up ongoing training um, and updating the practices, but also um, it speaks to, the stress levels. I mean, I, I would imagine being a cop is a stressful job, even though they're definitely not being murdered at the rates that they try to make it seem like. It's still a stressful job. And, you know, they definitely need mental health support and stress relief. And, I mean, I would be happy to for more resources to go to that. You don't want crazy, trigger-happy motherfuckers out there running around with guns. No. We don't want that. No. Okay, so reshape and reduce. So communities and government need to do their part to reduce the number of able-bodied, disaffected young men on the streets. We need to finally fix the schools and finally create pathways for ex-convicts to find employment. We need more stable families taking in foster kids but, um, to do their part to reduce crime on the streets, tackle homicide, and all the other crime that's plaguing our inner-city communities. So, you know, she's basically saying, look, this has to be part of an overall effort to improve our communities and just reduce underlying sources of tension and crime and yeah I mean we need to do that anyway I don't know if it's exactly related to the police reform but okay we do need to do that um and if we can find money to go fight wars we can find money to finally fix our own nation it's time so I would agree with most of what she put on there. I think another one that's really easy and that us folk in California are going to have an opportunity to vote on this coming um, November is the legalization of of marijuana. Yeah. Um, 
the drug war has been a complete catastrophe. A joke. Most of the interactions that black people have with police are based on, you know, over-policing about drug crime, um, drug arrests, drug felonies. Most of the people who can't find jobs and, you know, gainful employment after after having a police record, nine, I mean, it's pretty much like 80%. I mean, I'm, I should look for the exact statistic, but I did read it recently. It's yeah. vastly due to drug-related offenses, offenses right. and convictions. Yes. And so basically – if there's anything that contextually would change the way in which our communities are being policed, it's definitely. Um, and oh, let's not forget, we need to get rid of uh, for, uh, for-profit prisons. Oh. That's just all kinds of wrong. For-profit prisons, and also um, cops shouldn't be able to get keep the money that they seize. I mean, that just creates incentive for them to violate people's rights and seize property. And you know, it's a it's a lot. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, shout out to Vanessa Carmichael again. Thanks uh, for that. And she's a, a writer, a freelance writer for Huffington Post, HuffPost. So you can Google her name and read some of her articles. She has some good stuff out there. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's it, Charlie Bell. Um, Till next week, and hopefully, uh, we'll there'll be a a, a, a happier show next week and go back to our craziness and our usual fuckery and <laughs> tomfoolery mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it not be so heavy and serious uh next week uh hopefully um this the, the, this this the events are subsiding and not just no nope, escalating I just, I just saw another houston man got murdered by the police but oh god anyway okay thanks charlie bill <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> all right so um that brings another episode of the Shizna Show to the close. Thank you guys again for joining us. We appreciate you uh, tuning in once again. Please uh, don't forget to um, share the show with your coworkers and family, friends, loved ones. Um, it's very important. Keep the show growing. You are our biggest source of doing that. And it's also important to help the show grow is to stop by and give us a review stitcher or itunes we're located on both you can give us a review on either or both would be even better um doesn't matter how many stars whatever you think we deserve uh we will read it on air and uh so until next time for charlie bell i'm dino red and holla at your boy from all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.